just blind And it'll take over your mind What you think is love is truly not You need to elevate and find Love is blind And it'll take over your mind What you think is love is truly not You need to elevate and find Thank you for tuning in to Three Queens and Things, a space where queens connect. Our podcast will be bringing you the latest and greatest on topics of self-love and womanhood. I'm Mimi Ford. I'm Ati. And I'm Solati. And we are Three, Three queens, queens and Things. Hey, y'all. We hey, back. Hey. <laughs> and it ain't been a minute. Ooh, that's nice when you hit them back to back. But y'all, today is a special day because we have a... Uh, a queen of honor here with yes. us today for our subject. So, uh, Miss Janae, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Say a little word to the I'm to the Janae. Queen you feel me? Um, she came with the... <laughs> right. with, with oh, the y'all got love, love boys. Okay, <laughs> I am not mad. <laughs> she <I> t- said, <laughs> I am pleasure to be here today. Thank yes, you for inviting me. It's a pleasure me. to have you. Yes, yes. So... Um, as with every episode today, we're going to be talking about, um, just a real ass topic. And I think, you know, we can say it's, it's sensitive, but you know, it it can be that, but it's, it's just real as hell. And I think it's only right for us to be able to, to kind of have this conversation, open up this conversation as, as it is one that's going to need to be continued. So, Mm -hmm. um, so today's round table, we have our first question is, would you identify as an advocate? If so, for what causes? Um, yeah, I would consider myself as an advocate uh, for domestic violence uh, pertaining to women, children, uh, juveniles. I've done a lot of work with juveniles. Um, I worked with Metro as well. We did a video that is now teaching um, mm. the Metro police officers, domestic violence police officers, about specifically handling mm. uh, women that are going through domestic even men. They're going through domestic violence as well. Um, so any chance that I get and I see somebody or hear somebody going through a domestic violence situation or even just as far as the verbal part that can lead escalating mm-hmm. to the physical, because what you, it ultimately does, um, I'm always sharing something. Mm-hmm. I don't intrude too much because this it's a touchy subject right. for anybody. But um, I let them know that I'm there and I just give my feedback and what I've been through and I have no problem sharing my life experiences. Right. That's dope. Do you feel like, I know we jumping into it, do you feel like a lot of people or a lot of women that you come across are in denial maybe about being in a domestic situation? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was one of them. I mm-hmm. didn't know um, what domestic violence was. It wasn't something that I grew up around so it caught me off guard when I was in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know when it, when in, when to leave or what exactly what bad love was mm-hmm. or yeah. things like that. I think like most that. of us do. Right. That's something like what types of love right. that right. looks like. As I got older, you love isn't supposed to hurt by any means. Mm-hmm. And whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, however you want to put it, mm-hmm. it just shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so it took a minute for me to come to terms with that and an understanding that that's not what love is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we're going to let you tell your story, so I ain't going to ask all the questions. I'm getting ready to jump in. Show my <laughs> I am. I'm just right in. Dive right in. Dive right in. Um, I think maybe you got any you... specific other things that we advocate. Um, I'm just an advocate for, for women, period, wherever I can lend my voice, help, 
or whatever the case may be. I'm I'm just here. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I would label myself as an advocate for anything. I feel like I am a supporter of all things that uplift people. But I don't know if there's one thing in particular that I'm like, this is what I'm speaking out against. You know, I just feel like I'm always, if you need me to be supportive on whatever is going to help you be in a better spot, that's what I'm here to provide. I think um, I'm a big advocate for um, just being a womanist. That's something that I have uh, encountered, kind of what that means and, and the fullness of that. So there is feminism, which is, um, you know, for the equality. And I don't even think equality is always a fitting word. Um, but for the empowerment of women is how I would rather say that. Mm-hmm. And then womanism uh, definitely is that interconnection to me being a black female. And not only as black female, be a uh, black female considerate, and passionate and empowering of the black family, whether that be a black man specifically uh, and exclusively and the black children and just kind of that whole picture of the black community. Um, so kind of anything that ties to that, I'm an advocate of. Um, I'm an advocate of LGBT uh, communities and, and having those those basic rights um, for undocumented, uh, you know, workers and undocumented people in the United States. That's something that I'm an advocate of. Um, so you speak out, you're an advocate for the minority in any yeah. situation. Not, you know, I won't say in any situation, but in, in those, partic- those well, three yeah. particular situations, because there's just some things like I think being an advocate requires you not to just be a supporter. It really requires you to uh, be a little bit more specific and be more intentional and be act more active in that. Uh, to really not just let somebody say something, but really you have the courage, the time, not only to, to address it, but sometimes to provide education and to remember that it's not your voice, it's somebody else's voice. And mm-hmm. so I think um, that there, I, I can't say that I'm an advocate for a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, but those three things in particular are, are deep. In- what made you so passionate about, in particular, because like, how do you put yourself in your shoes of a person for... Like you said, for instance, the LBGT community, you're mm-hmm. not, you don't identify as that. So, like, how did you become so passionate about it to be an yeah, advocate? So, I think just learning about advocacy in general will allow me to say that I can be connected to a person without without experiencing what they experience, and I can call a file a file, okay. and I can call a celebration a celebration. Pretty much neutral. Yeah, like see that balance and yeah i can i can empathize right because i think that and i think that's is beyond being beyond neutral so i can't just say like oh whatever like i have to say no like i'm really for y'all right or like i'm against that or um those types of things understood so i think just empathizing and realizing like we're connected we're not all the same i really love to embrace difference Mm -hmm. so um you know when people are different i think that's a beautiful thing Um, but i think i also need to understand what 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 you go through in life and that's not the same for each individual person but we're categorized and grouped for a reason so there are some similarities amongst those i can i can relate to that as well like it just being i I see like being i like to learn new things from different people right Uh, i just went to hawaii and so just learning about their culture mm-hmm. is a lot different mm-hmm. than our African-American culture. Mm-hmm. So just to be able to experience that, I try new foods and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like I would tell anybody, um, we all walk a different path. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not, cannot relate, but I can definitely understand. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I take that time to, I don't want to be ignorant and I say ignorant in the definition form, not how we didn't change the meaning right. of it, mm-hmm. but lack of knowledge of certain things so i'm always open to learning new things yeah and even just like with this conversation today like i haven't been in a domestically violent situation myself but i've seen that 
mm-hmm. happen. I've had friends very close to me that it, that's happened. So for me to not be an advocate would be weird based off of how I feel about living life. Right. And to see somebody in that space. Mm-hmm. So a lot of being an advocate, sometimes being quiet. Do you feel listening. like there's consequences with coming, but being an advocate for some of these topics like domestic violence? Do you feel like there's backlash for you standing up for people that have been in a domestic situation? Like, do you feel like you've ever been... I guess the word is more like ever standing up for something puts you in a bad spot. Yeah, that's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's just a part of it. That's, that's a part of, of yeah. what it is. Domestic it violence with is it. very yeah. tricky mm-hmm. when it comes to something like that. I may say leave and you might not leave and you're not going to be less of my friend. I'm right. not going to be less of an advocate, but I have to understand the dynamics of that and meet you where you are. Right. I, um, I, have, I have friends that were victims of domestic violence as well. And I tell, and I'll be the first to tell you that if you want my help, you have to really want help because mm-hmm. being in a domestic violence, it's a it's a routine, it's a pattern. Yeah, you're saying you want to leave, but you go back when he gives you mm-hmm. the sweet nothings, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the flowers, the candies, or whatever, and then you go back, and now you involved so many other people right. who care about mm-hmm. you. So yeah, there we is... didn't forget what he did to you, right? You know, we still feel we, some way right. about that, even though you forgave him. I didn't forget that he right. just, you know, whatever happened last week. Yeah, and then like some people, they were like, "Well, I don't want you to look at them differently." Well, you, you put you can't me that. right. Yeah. You put me <laughs> then to that happen. position to yeah. look differently. If you and I'll tell anybody, and um, this is something I had to learn. Um, if you don't want nobody speaking their opinion or looking at them differently, don't involve them until you're ready. Right. Because mm-hmm. like I said, it it even in what my situation. I had people that, innocent people that got involved to help me and not me asking for help. And they got hurt in different ways um, trying to help me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even involve them. It just happened. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you have that, you have to, the, the people that are there for you, they, they'll understand. But then you have some people that's going to get fed up and walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. It's always hard to be to want to help your friends when they're in a tight spot. But it's also like if I step in and everything is smoothed out or you work everything out with your partner next week and then I'm sitting Emotionally here. involved now. Yeah. So I'm looking at him with the side eye, but y'all right. cool. And I'm like, I'm and not And now cool he probably feels anymore. some way because I yeah. didn't call him all his name because right. he didn't right. Now he, he don't like you. me because right. he knows I have feelings. It's just a very, very mm-hmm. sticky situation. It's oh, tough absolutely. to get involved. It's like, how do you help as a friend? Like, how as a friend, me watching you go through a situation, it's like, I feel helpless because ultimately I know it's up to you to get yourself out of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I can't really support you because I don't want to get into it and like you said you decide that you something that you feel like you can work out mm-hmm. so it's always hard you, to be a supporting friend in that situation yeah, I think you oh, have absolutely. to balance what and identify what a supporting friend is yeah because there's there's um, boundaries like you have to have like I've had people stay at my house but I like it's a clear boundary when you come here you are not to communicate with that person. oh absolutely you absolutely. know what I mean and I, I stay straight up mm-hmm. and there have been people who have said okay I need to go because I need I need, right. need to connect with that but is my house necessarily closed off to you? No, yeah. because I feel like you respected what, what I asked you to do. Mm-hmm. Or you yeah. respected our... Not even what I asked you to do. You respected me right. and my request in a very tough situation. Mm-hmm. But there's people... I mean, it's all over the board. But I right. think me expecting you to just jump out of a situation just because I'm telling you is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not it's, it. That's it's, not a supportive friend to me. Not only that, it's, um, a lot of people can be real biased about the situation. They're, they're more wanting to interject and tell you, well, this is my way is right, my way is right, right. but not understanding that the emotional um, connection mm-hmm. that's behind that relationship makes it 
one, unsafe, and two, hard to try to lead. Right. So that's more where people, if you're going to try to help, you have to understand. What help looks like in that situation. Exactly. Because it's not going to be a hero there. No. It's not. Right. Would you mind me asking how the situation started? Like, when did you realize, like, this is not just we arguing, we're in a relationship, we disagreeing. Like, when did you realize this is abuse? When he hit me. The first time. We were, um at a friend's house and um he got mad about something i don't even know what it was like it could be just the littlest things and we were talking outside and i was sitting in the car and he grabbed me by my hair mm. and oh. that and my like pieces of my hair were coming out Whoa. and that's when i was like it caught me so off guard that i wasn't did you see any signs prior to no, that no we because so- when we argue like it was like normal, pe- like relationship arguing. Right. But from from wherever it just escalated, mm-hmm. and then uh, there's another time where we were talking, and he cheated, and I just confronted him about it. Well, I'm not gonna be in a relationship with you if that's what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. And we were outside of his apartment, um, Antigua Bay apartments, mm. and you know those old school Cadillacs mm-hmm. that had the hard back to yeah. them on the. Mm-hmm. The, to hold the window in mm. he slammed my head against that and he threw he broke my phone in half and he threw my keys on top of the shade structure park wow. where you parking mm. and so i ended up having to go to the hospital from that and then that's when i was like okay i'm done and then that's when the sweet nothings and everything mm-hmm. came so i had broke up with him for a good two months and then he was just like i'm sorry and because i ended up calling the police because in the state of nevada even if I don't press charge anybody, they'll, they, press, they'll press the charges mm-hmm. for you. And so he had to go to court. He had to go to anger management and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when he started doing the classes and I seen that, that's when I was like, okay, well, maybe. He's changing. Right. right. Mm-hmm. But it was the complete opposite. And then it happened again, and then I was just done. I was done. So How long did it go on? Um, It only happened three times, and we were together about a year and a half. Okay. Wow, that's oh, it, like escalated pretty. Oh, pretty, quickly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Now I know you said that he didn't he didn't show any signs of um, being abusive mm-hmm. prior to the first time he put his hands on you. Do you think that it it was something to to do with his upbringing or his something that you guys may have talked about? It was something in him that may have caused him to exude this type of behavior or from my from my from now from my understanding and learning he um his his father was that way mm. so domestic violence is a learned behavior mm-hmm. so that's something that you learn as a child because it's either been done to you or right. to somebody around you mm-hmm. and it's something that you witnessed mm-hmm. and because they stayed they thought that that was okay, okay right. so now you're taught that this is okay. This is how you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. If you get in an argument with your wife or your girlfriend or sniffing another, that it's okay to put your hands on because you're angry. Were there children that witnessed the situation? So did you guys have kids together? No, we okay. have no kids together. I have, I did get pregnant by him, and um, I ended up having an abortion mm-hmm. because it just things weren't. I didn't want. I was I was super against abortions, mm-hmm. but um, I couldn't bring. A child into to that environment. Right to that environment. Mm-hmm. One, we weren't together, and two, that means I have to be attached to you for the yeah. rest of our lives. Right. So I couldn't do that to that child, mm-hmm. despite how it was going to affect me. But that child was mm-hmm. is innocent, so there's no way right. I could do that. 
So I had to make that sacrifice. Now, we know that you've gone through a pretty, came pretty close to losing your life, mm-hmm. as I understand. And we know Nevada constantly ranks number one in the nation for domestic violence fatalities. Um, what is something that you, if you can tell a young woman anything, if she's in a domestic violence situation, if you can tell her anything, what what would it be? That it's going to escalate. And nine times out of ten, it could end in death. And that's just what it is. It, it escalates mm-hmm. fast. It starts with the verbal, and then it starts with the controlling and the blocking of the door, and you can't do this, and going through your phone, mm-hmm. pretty much invading your privacy to where it goes to the verbal abuse and then mentally mind-messing with you mm-hmm. to where um, you feel like you're dependent on this person. Mm-hmm. And then once that happens... Then it starts to get physical because now you'll try to be yourself and you try to stand off and like be strong about it. Like, no, you're not going to talk to me this way. Right. You're not going to treat me this way. And then that's when they feel like they have to go up one. And then mm-hmm. that's when the physical comes mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And so if any, if any, if I could tell a woman that is in a domestic violence, it's going to escalate and you need to leave. Mm-hmm. But you have to have a safe way of going about it because it's dangerous. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. How did you finally go about leaving? I had to just, I had to change my phone number. Um, I just. What was like the final situation that made you like, that got you away from him? Um, just, I just was tired. Like you, you eventually every woman and it's in less, despite the domestic violence, but when a woman is tired, it's a done thing. Right. When a woman's fed up, R. Kelly said that. Right. It's just, (laughs) it's just a done thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much where I got to it. I'm like, I don't want this. This Mm -hmm. is not what I want better than I right. deserve better. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't want to be crying all the time, worried about what you're doing, being physically harmed because you're mad right. because I said something that pissed you off. Mm-hmm. And it could be something little. So like, now I got to walk so on eggshells. Right. I, gotta, I don't know if you're having a bad day. So if I decide to joke with you, now you're taking it serious. Right. And it, I just There's didn't no want to live. No. Mm-hmm. It's too, I don't like being controlled on such a, free spirit type to right. where being held Contrived down and, and controlled right, yeah it it doesn't work so you said you changed your number i changed my number i had to change my friend's numbers because he was calling their phone wow. um i even offered to like break their lease for them because wow. they were, he was coming to their house so it turned into like a stalking situation yeah, it was just so much wow. so much so prior to you being in that situation, did you know anyone that was in a domestic situation? Because I, I just, what makes me ask that is people, it's always easy to say, why don't you just leave? Right. Like, you know, when people, you're coming to people and telling them like, this is what's happening to me. Their first answer is, so what are you still doing there? I never told. Uh-huh. I never told. My mom suspected something was going on. In fact, she thought I was on drugs, mm-hmm. but I was, I never, I don't do drugs. I've never mm-hmm. done drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just that controlling mindset. I was losing weight. You weren't yourself. No, nope. yeah. I was losing weight because I was so stressed out. Um, I was that person, that ignorant person. Why don't you just leave? Right. I wish a man would put his hands on me. Mm. And then when you're in that situation, it's, it's like, it's different. what the hell? Right. Like, it's it it's completely different. So I anytime I hear somebody or the statement, um, what'd you do? 
what did you do to, to what, what to brought man- this on? You right, what made you mad? Right, you had to have you done had something to because he don't, ain't no man just about but, to. Right, because even with and, I'm sorry, get off topic. Even with the Rihanna and Chris Brown situation, people still to this day talk about well, she put her hands on him first. Does that justify him beating her ass the way he no. did? Like it, it's not justified for not anybody to put their hands on each other at all. Put on anybody. No, so, I don't hit nobody. Yeah. I'm not willing to let them hit me back. Right, <laughs> and I, I'm I, and I'm and I say this. If you're a woman and you're man enough to hit a man, you're be- man enough to get, to get hit, hit back, back right. by the man. So I don't put my hands on them. All right. But with that, like I was that person, like you know, I wish a man would. And mm-hmm. it's, but it's 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 such an ignorant thing to say. Or when they, I've had a lot of people say, "Well, what'd you do?" And I mm-hmm. said, "So why do I have to have did something?" Right. Why? What? Why does it have to be my fault that I, I never asked for this? Who wants to ask right. to be? stabbed 18 times or hit Mm -hmm. things like that nobody asked for that so i tell them i said i'm not mad at you Mm because i know it's the ignorance because you don't know but let me let me educate you Mm -hmm. it's not the right question to ask somebody um years ago that was something that really irated me like it changed my yeah it changed my whole mindset my like my i get easily angered when it Happened. I'm like, why is it my fault? Why do you what? Like, you weren't even there. You right. just blamed me. And for, so, for you being stabbed, right? Wow. Like, what, what did year you did do? that happen? 2008. Wow. May 9th. Wow. That's. Do you want to get in a little bit into? Because it's one thing to to hit or to for him to put his hands on you, but stabbing. Yeah. That was when I seen the video because I've actually watched the video. I was I was Metro blown video. away. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't believe that she really experienced that. I couldn't even imagine what that would have, that whole experience was like for you. How did that happen? Um, what happened is that January, so it all started like from January up until May. So January, um, he knew that I was pregnant, but I told him I had a miscarriage, but I had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, that's when I changed all the numbers and everything. And um, he still had my cousin's number. And I was out, and he trying to get in contact with me. And so I finally called him back. But I called him back block to make sure he didn't have my phone number. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to meet me because in January, I had got a speeding ticket. <sighs> Left foot. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to pay for my ticket. And I'm like, well, I'm out right now. He's like, all right, well, whenever you're done, just come by the house and I'll give you the money. And then we can pretty much part ways. His way in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and at that time, I didn't know that. I was just like, all right, well, I'm not staying long. I'm not, none of this. I don't want to have any of other conversations and what I'm coming for. Mm-hmm. And so I get there. I pull up behind him. And, well, his mother's car. And I walk up the stairs. It was off of uh, Bruce and Charleston. Mm-hmm. And so those are how those apartments are set up. The, you know, the staircase, well, all staircases are outside, I guess, <laughs> to the apartment. <laughs> but how it, it was like, um, the stairs were facing the street mm. and then you could see the apartment pretty much like a hotel kind of mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and um well like a motel type shit oh sorry and so um i walked all the way up the stairs so you could clearly see the cars right. from where we're standing and i knock on the door his friend answers and i was like well where's Derek?" he's like he's not here i said like, what do you mean he's not here i just talked to him mm-hmm He's like, well, he's not here. And I hear my name being called down from downstairs. Mm-hmm. So I turn around and I'm like, so you watched me walk all the way upstairs? Right. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I was laying down. I didn't see you pull up. So um, 
side note was that looking back at it, he was watching to see who all was with me mm. and who. So was he there. planned plotting. this. Yeah, he was he, plotting. To... Yeah, this was all premeditated. Wow. Whoa. So. I walked back downstairs, and I was like, okay, well, where's the money at? And he's like, well, I need to talk to you, and it's upstairs. I'm like, all right. So we walked back upstairs, and he asked me to wait outside, and I'm like, I'm not about to wait outside. I'll just stand right here. If you need to talk, let's just talk real quick. Right. And so um, I go in the house, and I didn't dis- want to disrespect his mom, so I just waited in the living room. So he's grabbing his wallet, but at that time, he had grabbed a knife that I, I didn't know about. It was a, like a pocket knife. Wow. So I didn't know that he even did that. And so we come back outside, and then he's like, Sandria, can you wait downstairs? I need to talk to Janae. He's like, well, I, hurry up because I have to go get my daughter. Mm-hmm. She's sick. So he was like, okay, I'll be fast. And he's like, well, um, who's your boyfriend? I'm like, I don't have no boyfriend. I broke up with you because I don't, I don't want this. No relationship. Right. I need right. me time. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, whenever I find out who your boyfriend is, I'm going to beat him up. I'm like, okay, well, when you find out who he is, you let me know who's right. playing me. I'm because, looking for him too. Right. right. Because I don't know who this person is. Right. And so he just, he was saying some other stuff. And I just was like, you know, I'm not going to keep repeating myself. I don't have a boyfriend. Whether you want to believe it or not, I don't, I'm just, I'm done. If you're going to give me the money, give it to me. If not, I'm going to leave. So we walked back downstairs and he, again, persisted with the questions is, who's your boyfriend? Well, I find, I'm like, dude, whatever. So Mm -hmm. I tried to reach to get in the car. So he pushed me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Derek, I'm not about to do this with you. So I reached again to the car again, and that's when he stabbed me mm. in the stomach. Oh, my God. And he kind of looked at me like, why didn't she drop? Like, mm. I just, you know, stabbed her. It felt like somebody punched me in the stomach. So if you ever been hit in the stomach, it's like that. Kind of the wind like, knocked out like, of you. Yeah. yeah. Knocked so, the wind out of you. That's what it felt like. So I walked around the car, and my sister unlocked So he the was door. trying to kill you. Yeah. That was his intention. You said your sister was there? Yeah. And she opened the door for me, and as I'm trying to get in the car, that's when he ran around and... He started attacking me. So and, oh, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. He he um he was stabbing me, but because my adrenaline was running so high, you I didn't know. Right so right, and so um I seen my my sister came and she tried to help, and so he ended up stabbing her. What? So he stabbed her six times, and so that's mm-hmm. when I noticed in my hands that they were bleeding, and I thought maybe I cut them on the street, but come to find out they were defensive wounds. Mm-hmm. So I was stabbed in my hands as well. Yeah, I was fighting back. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you remember all this clearly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could tell you exactly. I'm thinking, like, in that situation, I would be so, like... No, I could tell you exactly what he was wearing. He had on blue basketball shorts with a light blue side on him. He had on some blue shoes, a red hoodie with yellow writing on it, and a black hat with a yellow P. Wow. I hope That's he it. got a lot of time for this. Yeah, he ended up um, getting 32 to 80 years in prison. Good. Um, so, because he had, when he was done stabbing my sister, he came back to me and he was like, tell me you love me. And so I'm repeating mm-hmm. him. And he's like, tell me I'm the only one for you. Whoa. So I repeated him. He's like, I'm going to die with you, Janae. And that's <gasps> when he cut my neck. And then he flipped the knife on him. and But he cut his neck, but used the back of the knife when I found out when we went to court. And he stole my car and left me and my sister there. To bleed yeah. to death. Yeah. But I ended up calling 911 myself. Mm-hmm. And they came and I gave them the directions on where I was at. And they came and I, they took me to the hospital. And that's when um, I seen my mom. Because I, I was stabbed 18 times. I had two collapsed lungs. Mm. And they had to give me chest tubes on both sides to drain the blood. Because the blood, was, it was so much in my chest. And... 
I just remember waking up to my mom being there and um, she just looked at me because I was cold. I was thirsty and <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't give me nothing to drink. <laughs> and I was because I was cussing because I was in so much pain. It was like, Janae, you have to stop cussing. I'm like trying to negotiate with them. I'm like, I promise I'll stop cussing. <laughs> if you give me some water. <laughs> <laughs> and they was like, we can't give you no water because we don't know how in- intense the injuries are, but we can give you some ice chips. Boy, I sucked the <laughs> shit out of that ice. I was trying to turn it to water so bad. It was like, it was just like, it was funny. That's I know it doesn't, funny. I know it's not supposed to be a funny situation. No. But it was funny. And so I just remember um, they gave me the ice chips and then um, I woke up to my mom looking at me and I just remember telling her and this always chokes me up and looking at her telling her like, I wasn't going to die before saying goodbye to you. Mm-hmm. That was, because my mom is my best friend. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he was going to try to take me from her was, it was like, you know, mm-hmm. so, but I ended up making it. So mm-hmm. God, I didn't have right. to say bye to her. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, my mom to this day can't talk about it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And just, I could tell the story all day, but that part, oh, yeah, like, yeah. when it comes to her. Her getting yeah. that call. Yeah, yeah. They, the police called her and was like, um, yeah, is this the mother of Janae Williams? Because that, that was my name at the time before I got married. And she was like, yeah, what'd she do? <laughs> I was like, dang. Because <laughs> y'all know me. I was like, always, I was always in trouble in school because I was talking back. But whatever. <laughs> And he was like, no, we just got Janae down here. She got a few nicks. So we just oh, need wow. you to come yeah, down you here. Because you can't shock yeah. her before she gets yeah. there. And then that's when mm. she was there. Oh, wow. So, but yeah, that, he ended and up getting. And your sister's okay? Yep. She was, uh, they kicked her out the hospital the next day. Oh. They were like, you're fine. Because mm-hmm. she, um, her injuries weren't, um, ex- she got stabbed one time on the chest, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't like deep. deep. Mm-hmm. But because, um. If the knife had been an inch longer, mm. it would have pierced my heart. Mm. Oh my God. So, luckily, it was just, you know, the pocket knife or whatever. And so, they kicked her out the hospital the next day. And then, I'm in the hospital, and all the people are coming. I was like, listen, I saw this on TV, right? When people are in the hospital, y'all supposed to bring them stuff, like flowers <laughs> and uh, <laughs> balloons and stuff. So, you guys got to... Y'all got to do that. They, they was like, Janae, how was you... Just attacked right. and went through all of this and still right. killed you wants to kill. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. and then anything I'll tell anybody, I'm like, I didn't let that change me. I wasn't right. going to let that take that control over mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. because a lot of people, even when they see me now who don't know me, they'll look at my scars and see and they're like, like, were you in a car accident? I was like, no, I was, I was stabbed. You're open time. about it. Yeah. I'm not so sure if I could openly. That, I never went to counseling for it. I was going to ask you, that. No. how did you emotionally recover from it? Uh, just doing what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. motivational speaking, mm-hmm. and uh, just dope. talking to juveniles and women about uh, what happened. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still really good friends with the detective who was on my case, mm-hmm. uh, Detective Schmidt. Love him to death. <laughs> still my buddy. And this is eight years later. Wow. And so, yeah, he got uh, 32, year, 32 to 80 years consecutive. So he has to uh, parole off of each charge. So he has... Mm-hmm. Two um, attempted murders, uh, assault with a deadly weapon with a substantially bodily harm, and grand larceny because he stole my car. Mm -hmm. So he's got the five charges. Mm -hmm. And so on each one, there's eight to 12, and he has to parole off of each one. Mm -hmm. So if, for whatever reason, he gets in trouble in prison, he can, the max he can do on each charge is 12 years. 
So mm-hmm. he'll go up to the parole board at eight years. Mm-hmm. And then if they feel like he's not up, ready to be off of parole, um, mm-hmm. to parole off of that charge, he has to do an, a couple, however many more years they want him to do on that one specific mm-hmm. one. He ain't getting out. So no, <laughs> he has to do 32 years. I know we had a show about mental illness. That right there is like something is mentally right. wrong they, right? uh, with someone that wants to just kill you. Like right. he wanted to kill you. I yeah. was going to ask you too. Do you feel like that's justice? Do you feel like what he what he got was the fact that he intended to kill you and he got 32 years minimum? Like how do you put a, a number on that to say like, okay, I feel like that's okay for right. you? No, um, to me, um, well, to answer your question, um, I that come to find out later, he was supposed to be diagnosed with bipolarness yeah something was wrong and so i didn't know that at during the relationship but he probably uh, didn't know no he was getting oh, medicine he, okay. for him, and i didn't know that and he oh. was they got he got a disability check for it wow and i didn't know that's what his the disability check was for mm. so um i was never aware of this until his ex-girlfriend told me all of this after all of this happened mm-hmm. um as far as putting a number on it um i personally told the judge when i did my impact statement um i know it's not a murder charge but i feel that he should get the penalties for murder because we don't have the fully intended to kill me we don't have death penalty here so we have just life in prison Mm. but she gave him the max for each okay that she could and because i ended up making the judge cry when i read my impact statement Mm -hmm. and so um yeah, she she was pissed. Mm-hmm. She was crying, and that's that was one of the the advocates that was working with me. She was telling me when the judge starts to eat candy or starts to chew on some ice, yeah, she's pissed off. Mm-hmm. So I lucked up getting a woman judge. Mm-hmm. So which was pretty cool, yeah. pretty cool. So my my mom, and it's so funny the shirt that I was stabbed in. My mom wore that exact same shirt to court. Wow, mm-hmm. just to prove a point, mm-hmm. right. and she told him that. Wow. It's he, interesting that you... He never said anything. He never him. apologized. I was going to ask you, when the last time you contacted him, what he said to you, was that the last thing you he ever said? He tried uh, reaching out to me, like, through, at the time, MySpace. <laughs> and um, he was talking to a f- people on MySpace, and we were in his account. And we were seeing the conversation that he was having. Mm. And it was just it was just crazy to see him bragging about it. Mm. He bragged. Yeah, he something's wrong with yeah. him. Something is truly wrong. Wow. He needs to. And it's funny Hopefully, that he gets the help that he needs. Well, in the fact prison because something's wrong. Yeah, so. definitely. That you said you lucked up and got a woman judge, but I'm thinking still, even a man should yeah. be able to right. recognize that that's not right. Right. I just when you women relate differently than and the emotional right. side of a woman is a little different than a man mm-hmm. so that's why i uh said i looked up and had a woman well yeah i'm not saying yeah. it's funny i'm just saying like just the fact that men should be able to relate just as much as mm-hmm. a woman should to you know a domestic situation like that but yeah so you said you are uh, doing motivational speaking now what's the youngest you've seen women affected by domestic oh, abuse like uh 13 Wow. From from the uh, juveniles that I was speaking with that were on probation, um, the youngest that I, that who spoke with me was 13. Wow. And domestic violence is not just with the spouse. It could be by your parent, mm-hmm. uh, your, your significant other, your friend, your mm-hmm. close friend. If you had a relationship longer than a year, that's considered um, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Or who, if you and a roommate are sharing a place, 
and you guys get into an altercation, it's no longer assault. It's domestic violence. Hmm. Well, we definitely appreciate you coming through and sharing your story. I'm sure it's that it's going to touch or help somebody out there that's listening to us. Um, for anonymous confidential help um, that's available 24-7, there is a national domestic violence hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Um, if you feel like you or yourself or a loved one needs some some help, don't hesitate to call that number. You can also look at my video. It's on YouTube. Um, sure. Janae Williams and my name first name J-A-N-A-Y. I wanted to ask too before we close. I'm sorry, I had two more questions. <laughs> um, have you helped any men in a domestic situation? Men are um, like not likely to speak about it. So when I hear it, I I I share my story with them, but they don't ever openly open up and mm-hmm. tell it because they're they're embarrassed. It, yeah, it's demasculating them. But it does happen, right? It does happen. Mm-hmm. It happens to men, and then um like. It's just, it's just crazy. Like, the domestic violence is the least reported crime. Um, it's more accepting in the Latin community. Really? Yeah, it's a part of their culture. Oh yeah. I think too. Part of living in Vegas, I'm just gonna say, there's a lot of prostitution. I guess is the word. I mean, I've seen a lot of women and heard of a lot of women that are in domestic situations, but for lack of better words, it comes with a job. So they don't speak on it, they don't talk about it, they don't report it until it gets to the point where it's like near death like that. So I don't know if it's just a Las Vegas thing, but that might be a lot of reason too. It's It's Mm -hmm. all over the place. I think Vegas does have like, because we can see it so easily, because we can see, you know, like that prostitution in that Mm -hmm. way, like that's some way we can identify, but um, I think it definitely still happens over. And I think it's like a a focus. I do... um, kind of when I moved here from Minnesota, I was able to see, like, there's a difference in how people have relationships here. Mm-hmm. And so I think because it's such a transient city where people move, like, people kind of do whatever, there's, there's like, a disconnect here with just kind of relating to people. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you when you have that disconnect and then talk about what it looks like to have healthy relationships and healthy right. friendships and all those other things, I do believe that that's, that's very different here in that way I can agree than other places where, like, you know, everybody been here for a while. And I think there's definitely some, some negativity and some unhealthy habits within the traditional or the legacy type of Absolutely. cultures. That's different, but it, it looks different here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can agree with that. Like, I was uh, talking to a, a man the other day. Like, I was just expressing, like, how I am. I'm like that. I'll cook you dinner. Make sure your your clothes is washed. Right. Iron, like, wifey shit. Oh, stuff. No, you uh, can curse, girl. You can curse. <laughs> But, um, this is an explicit podcast. Th- right. Uh, th- <laughs> things like that. I'm like, because how men are being raised now, they want a bad bitch. They want what they see on TV. Mm-hmm. They want the light-skinned one with the long hair, fake, all that. They're and Kardashian. Yeah, like, and it's not, that's not what it's about. Right. So, mm-hmm. me, I have a very difficult time um, connecting with any men here mm-hmm. because of that one reason. Anyway, we gotta invite you back yeah. for our follow up to our dating episode. Cause listen, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I, I feel it, and that just reminds me too. My mom always tells me like, okay, she knows I'm single. When you out there dating, just make sure you asking the right questions. It's cool that he fine and everything, right? However, what's his mental health like? Because you gotta think about if you start having children with this man, if mm-hmm. you decide you want to get married to this man, not only are your children gonna get inherit whatever 
illnesses mm-hmm. he might have. Um, but you also are now tied to a person, like you said, that might have an, a mental illness and you're attached to them because you have a child together. Um, those are things you need to know up front before mm-hmm. you decide if you want to move forward or not. The last question I had was just like um, about men stepping in because I'm, I'm assuming some of the situations that happened were public. So like when he hit you before, had, was it public? No, it was um, it was all behind closed doors. And the thing was, his friends never said anything. They never mm-hmm. got involved. Um, his mom never got involved. Uh, his sister, they just was like they again asked me, well, what did you do? Mm-hmm. So it it was it was always me. It mm-hmm. was, they always ran to his point, aid and point the finger. Yeah, right. it was never this is wrong. It's well, Janae, it's, it's your fault. You must have provoked yeah. it. Well, if y'all, do y'all feel like it's the place of, say, a strange man to step in and they see a domestic situation yes. out? Because just it's place of a person. I think everybody, does that yes. mean you step into a, uh, a, a particular situation because I need you to be a hero? No, I'm not saying that. Right. But you call the cops. Yes. You do, mm-hmm. you, you know, you let somebody know if there's a situation and she's not looking, if she's looking at you like this is not going to help for you to do mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. then you need to respect that. Take down that license plate. Do whatever, mm-hmm. you know, say that. Mm-hmm. This is what I saw. Document these things. I don't think it always is like, oh, you a man, so you got to step in the hero. middle of that. Yeah. You have a family. You have these other things. And being right. an advocate is not the same as being, like, the hero 24-7. Right. Yeah. And being a hero looks a certain type of way. Right. It looks many different ways. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, that's my take on it, is I think that you should Absolutely. step in um, and be an advocate, but it always doesn't look like you physically stepping into that moment. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can say just little things like, are you okay? Do you need any help? Once they say no, then there's nothing else you could do after that. Because mm-hmm. you might cause a greater situation because that, if home. she's not ready to go, right. when she gets home, now it's going to be, it could possibly be a whole different situation. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what being yeah. an advocate is, is like being able to assess and empathize and realize that it's not about your voice at this time. Sometimes you got to take the mic and, you know, up, I guess amplify somebody's voice mm-hmm. because they may not be able to say something that, but you need to figure out where is that person first. Right? right. Because if I don't think about, if I just step in physically and pull you off her, like I'm not thinking about her entirely right. mm-hmm. later. Yep. That's true. There's consequences for it later, possibly. And you don't know that all you yeah. see is the now. And if it is a situation, but that doesn't mean to not physically step right. like you really have to think about the situation. Right. And think about what you're okay with, too. Because when you, like you said, when you realize when you step in that situation, that's probably not going to end right there. That's right. It's not. No, definitely not. Well, as always, we thank you guys for listening. Um, and we thank you, Janae, for joining us today. Yes, thank, thank you, you Queen, for sharing, sharing your story. Your story. Yeah. We definitely appreciate it just given your firsthand experience. I know it's not easy to talk about. So the fact that you were willing to come and open up about something that was life changing means a lot to us. And I know our listeners are going to appreciate your story, too. Um, So we ask you to join the conversation. It doesn't have to be. um, You guys can definitely comment on our social media. If there's something that you want to add, Um, you can also DM us. But we are on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, Three Queens and Things. And thank you for listening. I'm Ati. I'm Amy Ford. I'm Sola T. I'm Janae. And we are think three queens and things. Four queens and things today. <laughs> today. today we four. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.